Alright, welcome back to Real Facts Bro Facts. I'm Isaac. I'm Brandon. And um, so today, instead of continuing our episode 2 segment, because we realized that uh, it's really in-depth and there's so much to break down about it, that we're just going to continue it in our next episode on episode 4. So episode 4 is going to be more of like episode 2 part 2. But um, <laughs> Electric Boogaloo. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, we were going to do episode 2 too, but we said fuck that because we got other shit to talk about today. Yeah, so today we'll be discussing... Um, our thoughts and review on Captain Marvel, and we'll go over, what is it, lowering the voting age? Mm-hmm. Okay, so how about you kick us off with what you thought of Captain Marvel? Okay. So just initially, like my overall ranking of it, uh, Captain Marvel, I give it like a, I give it like a solid 8, maybe even 9 out of 10. It's a really good movie. Um, I think it does a lot of things right from having like a strong female lead but not constantly pushing the whole like idea of like feminism and like just because you're female the movie doesn't have to be like feminist as hell um it does a really good job of balancing all the different like characters and stories and stuff going on in the movie and it's um uh it tells a very good story very uh does a very good job of explaining a lot of things that we've had questions about in the MCU, you know? And, uh, obviously leaving more questions to be answered because it wouldn't be an MCU movie if everything just suddenly got answered. Because with Endgame and everything coming out soon, there's stuff to be learned. Um, other than that, it did, uh, like, a really good job of, like I said, just having strong leads and, like, a pretty consistent story all the way through uh there was and that's like for the positives but like for the bads um there's like a few small like plot holes and like moments where like something happens and you don't really understand like how it happened you know where like characters will just kind of suddenly appear in a new place and like we didn't get any explanation of like how they finally got there or anything like that and uh stuff like that and One of the other bad things that they did, uh, especially in the first, like, at least quarter of the movie, I think, is pacing. Pacing is really important in a movie, because it, you know, establishes, like, kind of a lot of beginning stuff in a plot, like, you know, why characters are here and, like, what their motivations are and stuff like that. And the first half, uh, first quarter of the movie does, like, a decent job of opening with some of this stuff. But the pacing is terribly fast. At certain points, we're being introduced to our character, and then suddenly she's in, like, a new location, introducing, like, seven new characters, and then, bam, she's suddenly on, like, a new mission, and, like, nothing is really taken, like, they don't take a minute to just sit there and explain it, or, like, at least say, like, hey, so we're gonna go do this because of this. Like, they kind of explain on the way, like, in the middle of the action, and so audience members that aren't paying full attention 100% of the time are easily going to get lost. But uh, overall, I said it, like I said, it was a really good movie, in my opinion. Uh, Brie Larson did a really good job. Uh, So did um, Nick Fury, Sam Jackson, and all the other people that were in it. It, I I really liked it. Yeah, Yeah, I definitely agree. Uh, Yeah, for me, I'd give it like an eight, solid eight and a half, maybe. Um, Yeah, like you said, maybe even nine, too. Uh, I agree with all the positives you said and the negatives too. Uh, like, and in terms of pacing, 
Uh, yeah, I would say you're pretty accurate about that too. Like, like it started off fast, which was good, and it didn't have a super slow start. Um, but, but like you said, with like, because <laughs> what's that dude's name? Like Jan Borg or something? Jan Rog. Rog. <laughs> Borg. <laughs> Had Borgers on the brain. <laughs> yeah, Jan Rog. Like he's like, you're not ready. You need to control your power. And she's like, no. And then she talks to the supreme intelligence, and then. She's like, I'm ready. And then they're like, okay. Like, <laughs> okay. <laughs> and then, like, yeah, like, they just went into the mission, like, barely knowing anything. Like, it's just like, oh, yeah, this is our mission, by the way. Uh-huh. But, um, but other than that, like you said, right after that, the pacing was super good. Uh, one thing, issue with pacing was Brie Larson's specific line. When, like, she, it was, like, mm. a comedic line. But then she just rushed it. She was like, so do you get, boys know how to get these off? No? Okay. Like, uh, you need to space that out a little. Be like, you boys know how to get this off? No? Alright then, or something. Like, uh, and that's one of the rough things about a lot of, like, newer movies that I see come out, especially under, like, the Disney empire, like, uh, Rogue One and, like, Captain Marvel and stuff like that, is that, like, they put lines in there that you can very clearly tell are, like, super forced, and, like, if they had taken just another second to, like, kind of rephrase it or, like, say it a slightly different way it would have had so much more, like, comedic value and impact, mm-hmm. but just, like, the rushing and, like, timing of the line makes it almost feel like a joke that they just wanted to throw in there but also threw away at the same time. Right. But other than that, like, that's where, like, everything started getting better with pacing, including lines. Mm-hmm. And, um, I think it did a good balance of comedy and seriousness because it wasn't a serious movie and it wasn't a funny movie. Like, it's not supposed to be one or the other. Like, they did a good job balancing it. Mm-hmm. Uh, I loved how they stood true to the era, like, the mid-90s. Mm-hmm. Like, I know, I just really love that, enjoy that era. Like, you know, Blockbuster's at its prime. And, uh, you know, it showed off cultural things, like, you know, like that. And Radio Shack and just yeah. s- scenery-wise, it was, it was just really good. Yeah. That's one of the things I do like about a lot of these newer Marvel movies, especially, is that, like... It's almost like watching a comic, you know, because, like, comics are supposed to be, like, fun and exciting, but comics are also supposed to, like, kind of mimic real life and have sad moments and, like, rough times and, like, make it hard for the reader to keep reading. And that's, like, the same with a movie where it's, like, oh, wow, this was really funny, but damn, some shad- some sad shit's going on and I really don't want to watch this, but I have to just to see what happens, you know? Mm-hmm. Yeah. So that's really good. Um... Going back for a minute, back to the pacing, one of the problems with movies that will, like, start out really fast is that when the pacing actually does get to, like, a regular speed where, like, things are kind of happening naturally, it almost feels like the movie comes to a screeching halt for about five minutes before everything starts to really get, like, a solid, consistent momentum. And then it makes that five minutes feel, like, forever. Mm -hmm. One thing about pacing, too... It's like, people expect every movie to get pacing 100% perfect, but it's almost impossible because, one, uh, people have different opinions on how pacing went, and it really depends on what ki- what um, type of movie you're making in order to pace it in certain ways. Plus, there's time limits on, you know, how long a movie can be. Right. Except for Endgame. Three hours. Oh my god, yeah. I'm really about to have to take bathrooms, like... You're going to have to have, like, a half-hour intermission at the middle of the movie. Either that, or I'm just not eating or drinking at all before that, so I don't have to miss anything. Or during it. Yeah, that too. 
Um, yeah, but... Oh yeah, back to pacing too. Uh, because some of slow parts, like, I agree with in certain movies, and other people are like, that's too slow, but it's like, you can't always have straight-up, fast-paced the whole movie, and you can't... And in slow movies, you know, it shouldn't be slow the whole time, depending on the movie. Like, there's this one drama I watched, uh, I think it's, like, Company Men or something, like, with Ben Affleck, and it was actually really good and really sad, and like, oh, man, this is a great movie, but the whole movie was so slow, and, like, you're like, oh, this is taking forever, but it was overall a good movie. Movie. Oh. <laughs> And then, again, people are just kind of impossible to please, too. Yeah. Because everyone has their own uh, opinions and expectations. And that's kind of, like, why the Star Wars franchise is currently under so much fire. Because, like, especially with The Last Jedi, um, one of the things that, like, ruins, uh, like, movie franchises and, like, the profits that these movies are making. And, like, I watched this on, like, film theory and stuff like that is, like, the audience and, like, the audience expectations. Because, you know, audiences are going in with, like, their own theories and ideas of, like, how the movie is going to play out and stuff like that. So when the movie doesn't play out exactly to how they expected it, they're like, Ree, this movie is terrible! Fucking boycott <laughs> Star Wars forever! Fuck Kathleen Kennedy! I'm like, I do agree. Fuck Kathleen Kennedy. But at the same time, like, The Last Jedi really wasn't a terrible movie. Like, I definitely hated it the first time I watched it, but then I get, but then again, I guess it's just been a few years since I actually watched some of the old Star Wars movies, so when I went back and rewatched those, and then watched The Last Jedi, it really wasn't that bad in comparison, like, obviously it still did some kind of dumb stuff where it's like, how and why the fuck did this happen, but at the same time, it's like, okay, that happened, whatever, it's a sci-fi movie, you know, and that's like, just uh, also to be true with Captain Marvel, like, I honestly had no idea, like, where the plot was going to go anywhere during the movie, and I even had, like, no uh, premonitions going into the movie, like, I had no idea how they were going to start it, or, like, what kind of story they were going to tell, and maybe that's just because I haven't read a lot of the Captain Marvel comics, and that's what, like, some of the movies are for, is to, like, basically be able to sum up the comics in a movie so that uh, people will have, like, a nice, solid understanding of the character that they're using. But, yeah, even then, like, there is bad stuff that happens in Captain Marvel, like, plot-wise and character-wise, but there's also really good stuff, and it kind of outweighs itself, or, like, it weighs Balance. itself out, yeah. yeah. It's perfectly balanced, as all things should be. Yeah, and the end credit scenes um, also, uh, you know, are really good. They they do a good job of building up to like what's gonna happen and be expected in the next movie now. Mm -hmm. And like that's pretty much happening with every Marvel movie, where it's like we get this nice solid end credit scene where it's like, oh, surprise, guys, this happened, and like, ooh, you know, like big drama, big suspense. Um, yeah, something I can just really get behind. Uh, oh, also, let's not forget that the fact that Captain Marvel features um, a cat named Goose as one of its main characters. So, uh, 10 out of 10 right there. And, uh, yeah, back to, like, what you are saying about expectations, uh, audience expectations. People go in with, like, their own assumptions or they think this is how it should be. But, like, 
because you're saying you don't know much about like the, the comics and stuff and and early MCU movies I guess were more heavily based on comic accuracy for the most part but then I feel like now they're they're just getting it for reference and twisting it in their own way which I'm totally fine with exactly because like, you don't need to remake you know everything and that's why it's Disney, the cinematic universe because like it's not it's its own universe it's not the comic universe it's just loosely based around the comics like even within the comics it's not like it's one straight storyline like they have multiple storylines for every character yeah in different volumes and exactly stuff. Like how there's like the 2099 series where we have futuristic characters and like shit happening in the far future and we have modern day, we have the ultimate comics where it's like reimagined versions of some characters and uh, in a way the MCU actually draws a lot from like the ultimate comics where it's like, yeah, this is the character, but it's like, what if we reimagined it slightly to be more like this? And that's what I really like, is that, yeah, we... The MCU can essentially, well, not whatever they want. They can do, like, whatever they want, kind of. You know, like, they can do... A, they have a lot of creative freedom with their characters and with the world that they've built. And, uh, so, yeah. So, I think they're going to do a really good job of finishing up the Infinity Gauntlet timeline with Endgame and all that. And hopefully introduce, like, some new baddies and stuff and, like... Uh, lead up to like future MCU films because I'd love to see like another Thor movie and maybe like another Captain America movie obviously we're getting another Spider-Man and Doctor Strange and Black Panther but those are like newer Avengers you know like I still want to see some expansion on some of the older ones like maybe if they actually redid Hulk one more time with uh, Mark Ruffalo Mm -hmm. or uh, actually get a Hawkeye movie for once or Black I think uh, I've heard something about like there's a Black Widow movie in the works so I'm pretty excited about that. Yeah, a few things to touch on is, like, what I was saying earlier about accuracy of the era. Um, like, what you were saying, too, they do a really good job, like, with uh, Gardens of the Galaxy, definitely. Mm-hmm. And especially with music, like, the soundtrack in Captain Marvel is really good, but they definitely should have, like we were talking about, should have used some more songs, more iconic songs at that time. Oh, yeah, they had some really good songs, and one of the things that did make me really sad about it is that a lot of, like, the good songs in the soundtrack didn't show up to, like, literally the last act of the movie. And, like, they were only there for, like, 30 seconds each, even though they were really good. But, uh, yeah. And, like, I understand, like, music is expensive and, like, you have to pay hella royalties and shit. But, like, at the same time, it's, like, I'm pretty sure it's in it's in Marvel's budget, you know, to get a few good songs. But they definitely did a good use of the music. Yeah. Um, and then... Oh, what, what you're saying on, like, future MCU movies too yeah, I definitely agree about you know uh, original uh, MCU characters getting a, a few more movies but there's a like when it comes to Hawkeye and Black Widow if they do get a movie I think it should be more of a team up movie and because uh, like I think Origins for them is kind of unnecessary right especially this late in the game right it's definitely forced especially when it comes to Black Widow because I take it as more of like you know it's a feminist thing and like we have to do it have another female lead movie but it's like if you watch red sparrow i feel like that's basically how like the training for black widow went down because you know it's like that the russian like i don't even like crazy stuff but um so it's like i feel like that is basically how black widow was raised up and then 
it's pretty lame too. Like you see all these memes about her pulling up with pistols. Well, you know, Iron Man's got his suit and everything, and like and like Captain Marvel and Thor are like literally gods. Yeah. But I mean, hey, you still got to be somewhat useful somehow, I guess, because she's been around since since Iron Man, I think. So like, yeah, Iron Man too. But uh, yeah, so it'd be kind of useless to just throw her character away at this point. But that's okay. And I, yeah, I think Captain Marvel did do a good job of um, having a strong female lead, but not pushing feminism through the whole movie. Like, and what I was telling you the other day was, uh, I, I think it kind of sucks. Like, if uh, if the lead role is a female or any minority or whatever it may be, that that it's like forced and like it's like, oh yeah, this is a movie to encourage this culture or whatever, and it's like. Why can't it just be a movie with a character? Why does it always have to be pushing, like, political stances and... Right, and I think that's the thing that, like, a lot of movies um, kind of, like, miss the point of nowadays, especially, like, superhero movies, obviously, is that, like, um, I don't think people realize that, like, the superhero doesn't have to connect to the audience for the audience to be able to connect to the superhero if that makes sense Mm -hmm. so it's like you know obviously i'm not a girl so like i don't identify with captain marvel and being like a strong female but like i I identify with the whole like 90s vibe and like the whole uh being kind of like a renegade who doesn't really see the point in following stupid rules and stuff like that and like that's just one of those cool things about captain marvel where it's like wow she's really cool like she's really smart for doing that but, and it's like, it, you could say that for any superhero, you know, where it's like, oh, I don't identify with this aspect of the character, but I really like these traits about the character, and I see that in myself sometimes. Mm-hmm. Kind of like with Black Panther, where it's like, oh, I'm obviously not black, but I could still say the N-word, like we discussed. <laughs> but, but it's also the whole thing where it's like, you know, they lived in secrecy for you know, hundreds, thousands of years, and that's how, like, they stayed alive and stuff. But, like, they have the technology to be able to, like, help the world, and it's one of those things where it's, like, and I understand this concept, too, where it's, like, if you have the potential to help somebody, then, like, why wouldn't you, you know? Unless you, like, absolutely, like, despise them. But, like, you know, like, the country is fucked up when even, like, the bad guy is causing, like, the main character to think, like, oh, damn, maybe this guy's right. Like, that's some powerful, um, evil, right? Not evil, but, like, that's some powerful, like, message, messaging in a story. Right. But, like I was saying, too, uh, I just feel like if it is a minority lead, it just feels a little forced because, like, the, I, some of the movies do push it more than others, but it's also the audience, like, oh, we finally have this kind of strong lead, finally, um, you know, an icon for this minority, and it's like, like with Black Panther, it's like, like, yeah, they got a, like a black lead superhero or whatever, but it's not like, and like I saw this video where it's like, this guy was like so happy, he's like almost crying that black kids finally have a superhero to look up to, it's like, whether you're white or not, you can still look up to any of the superheroes based on like, how they act and stuff, like, mm-hmm. I really admire like Captain America for like his patriot, you know, being a patriot, and then this guy for this, and like, I love this aspect about this superhero. This is a good um, trait to have, and I think I'll, you know, I want to be a little bit more like this. And yeah. and like that's fine. Like just because like any of them are white, and I'm like you know not, I can't be like oh man, I can't relate to these superheroes. 
guess I gotta have some mixed Native American, uh, Indian, uh, Italian, Mexican superhero. It's like, what? Yeah, honestly. Yeah. Like, for example, I like Spider-Man because he's, uh, like, he's been my favorite character, like, pretty much my entire life. Uh, and I like him for, like, his underdog characteristic, where it's like he comes from, like, being, like, the pushover nerd and, like, not super popular around school. And it's, like, I totally understand, like, what it's like to be, like, the underdog and, like, not constantly be in the spotlight of people. And, like, so the fact to, like, see a story about, like, someone who's, like, constantly getting pushed over and bullied turn into this, like, awesome hero who, like, in his regular life still gets, like, pushed over and bullied. But, like, he still goes and, like, helps people outside of, like, that life. And, like, it's just, it's a cool message, you know, because it's, like, it shows that, like, you don't have to, uh, um... You don't have to identify 100% with a character, but even if you do, that's totally fine. Right. Uh, one thing I do like about watching movies, especially, uh, like, I'm kind of, like, an English major in a way, where, like, I'm, I'm really into, like, English. It's one of, like, my favorite subjects and stuff. Uh, watching a movie is, again, like I said, it's like watching a comic book, um, but it's, like, I compare it more to, like, watching an essay, you know, because, like, essays and like books and stuff they have like this whole uh pyramid the Freytag's pyramid that they follow where it's like you know you open up with exposition and like learn about the character and like kind of set up the main conflict and then you have this rising action of like all these events that lead up to this catalyst like top of the pyramid like this is the breaking point of the character so it's either like the point where the character gets like all of their awesome god powers or the char- like the point where the character is at the lowest of their low, and that's what like builds them up to be the best part of the like version of the character by the end of the story. And then yeah, like you have the falling action where it's like beat the bad guy and like get the girl and stuff like that, and like the denouement where it's like the ending and you see like everything's happy and stuff, and it might set up like the next book, book or movie or series or whatever to like establish another bad guy. And so, watching movies, I try to, like, think about, like, that pyramid, in a way, and, like, the essay format. And so, yeah, so I think Captain Marvel does a really good job of following, like, the hero's journey. Mm-hmm. Definitely. Mm-hmm. And, um, man, I had a few topics, but I just forgot about them. Uh, one is, um, uh, Jude Law's character was actually supposed to be played by Keanu Reeves. <laughs> Um, but, you know, he couldn't because of, you know, John Wick Chapter 3, right. which is more than okay. Yo, definitely. But, um, you I know. Think, I think Keanu Reeves could be a way better MCU character than that. Yeah, like, yeah, that's why I'm glad they didn't use him for a couple reasons, because if you did, he does, I think he deserves a way better part, mm-hmm. because, uh, you know, I kind of don't want him to be, like, the bad guy, especially to lose so easily. And, like, uh, but I would see him as a cool character in that same aspect because, like, him training, like, fighting with her in the beginning is kind of like a, a Neo um, oh, yeah. kind of thing where, like, he was being trained, like, fighting. Right. And martial arts is kind of Keanu's thing. But, um... I mean, to be fair, even though the bad guy kind of went out like a bitch, um, I think we're still going to get, like, another Captain Marvel or, like, a Guardians of the Galaxy 3 slash Captain Marvel 2 mm-hmm. where it'll be kind of, like, an in-between where it's, like, this is what happened between Captain Marvel and, like, Guardians of the Galaxy where, like... Because we, we we get to meet Ronan and, like, the, the sword guy. I don't know what the fucking sword guy's name is. Yeah. Uh, the black guy. Um, we get to meet them in Captain Marvel and, like, see them before they become, like, deserters. Uh, like, which is what they are in um, Guardians. Guardians. And so, like, you know, Yon-Rog is, like, Captain Marvel's, like, 
arch nemesis in like the comics and stuff. So yeah, it's like he went out like a bitch in this first movie, but like I think he's gonna have some epic comeback in the next movie, and like that's how we're gonna learn about how like Ronan got like banished and stuff like that. And, like I think it'll be really cool. Yeah, I think it's like her doing like after she went after them to fix the Kree, and uh, one thing it's like. I find funny in, like, villains and stuff, or any movies where it has, uh, I guess points like this, where it's, like, so Ronan sent down, like, those warheads to, like, destroy Earth, basically, or at least, like, clear the surface of, of, like, California or whatever, and then, uh, and then he sees, um, you know, he's like, oh, man, how do these... And warheads get destroyed, like, you know, Amer- you know America, <laughs> fuck yeah, <laughs> like, you know, Earth doesn't have, you know, the technology to defend itself from these, and then he sees Captain Marvel fly up, and he's like, oh, it was her, and then, like, he's, he's like, oh, fuck, he's like, let's send weaker stuff after her to destroy her, it's like, what, yeah, she just destroyed all these warheads, and you're gonna send out, like, your weak little ships after her, honestly, uh, but yeah, so basically, so that's our takes on Captain Marvel and the current MCU. Uh, 8 out of 10, solid, uh, easily. Maybe even 9 out of 10 with a couple points missing, you know. So, yeah. So, our next topic is actually one that, uh, I kind of feel passionately about. I just think it's really fucking stupid that I even have to talk about this. And, um... Like most of our topics. <laughs> yeah, that's, that's true. Uh, but this one especially. And so this is about, um, a position to lower the voting age um i don't know if this is like all in america but i know it's definitely for like colorado at least um so it's like major provisions of the student voice and like the student vote act of 2019 and so basically the bill like the topic is to like lower the voting age for like school district based activities and like uh options to 16 um so basically like what this uh, like paper that I'm looking at outlines, it's like the requirement for school-related elections in Colorado. Okay, so it's how to say in Colorado. In Colorado, will be lowered to 16, and so like these under 18 voters can be designated as stu- school district electors. So like they won't be able to vote on shit like marijuana and like what's actually going on in the world. But, like they can vote on stuff that's happening for like their school districts and like the schools around uh, the city and stuff. Which, like, is, you know, it's a nice thought, but I'll get into it in a second. So, yeah, so this is under Title 22, where it's, like, including the selection of school board directors, recall elections, and measures to approve mill levies and financial obligations involving school districts, uh, and electrics, elections for the State Board of Education. So that'd be cool, because, you know, we got, like, some guy from Minnesota running our board right now, but I'm pretty sure if we had, like, the student body vote, we'd get someone actually from, like, Colorado. But, uh, so yeah. So it'll allow us basically 16 and 17-year-olds, along with 18 and up, obviously, because that's, like, the regular voting age, to be able to vote in elections based on their place of residence, as in all other elections, not the district in which they attend school so it's like so i could vote for what happens here at d11 but i could also vote for what happens for d2 and d20 and stuff like that which is kind of weird um obviously this doesn't mean that these 16 and 17 year olds can run for office and stuff like that as like directors of boards 
uh, because you know there's like certain age requirements and things that you, people have to do to be eligible for these things. Like you don't want some kid on the board because that'd be fucking stupid. Because you know kids don't know better, and like that's what this whole argument is about to be. So, um. So yeah, this uh, also loosely applies to like 15 year olds who will be like 16 within like a like a very short period of time from like the election, you know. Mm-hmm. So it's like if I'm like six, if I'm 15 now and the election is in like two weeks, but I turn 16 like the week after, they'll I'll get like a special permission where it's like okay, yeah, you're pretty much of age, you know, like you're we see you as fit, so you can vote. <laughs> So, yeah, so this will also allow uh, these kids to register in the same way as adults register, which is, like, online or at the DMV and stuff like that, using driver's permits and licenses and stuff like that. Um, and they'll, they'll automatically have the confidentiality status until they turn 18, but they don't have to be confidential if they want. So that basically means, like, if they vote, you know, like, whoever is taking the polls will, like, be able to see, like, oh, this is a 16-year-old who voted for this. Or they can just have, like, oh, okay, uh, person 200,076 voted for this instead of, you know, like, 16-year-old kid. Uh, and, like, I kind of understand that because, like, maybe it's part of that thing where it's, like, if you see that it's, like, a 16-year-old kid voting for it, you're less likely to, like, really pay attention because, oh, it's just a kid. Why the fuck would they be voting? Who cares? Um, so, yeah. Oh, that's cool. Um, so, like, it specifies, the bill does, that elections that students don't participate in, so, like, if they don't participate when they're 16, 17, it won't count towards, like, the number of elections that they're allowed to miss after they turn 18, like, when they have regular voting status. So I guess you can only miss, like, so many uh, elections and stuff like that, you know, before people are like, hey, you're part of this country, too. Right. Um, and when they register, they'll get, like, a notice and approved by Secretary of State and blah, blah, blah. You know, all the legal stuff that goes with it. So, yeah. Um... So that's essentially what it is. It's basically asking, like, hey, can we lower the voting age, at least for school board district stuff, down to 16 so that, like, more students have a say in it? And so, obviously, there's pros and cons to this. Uh, I'll list out the pros first before we really dig into the cons. So, like, the pros, like I said, is that you'll have more, like, student body uh saying like what's going on in the school instead of a bunch of adults who are out of high school um and yeah and pretty much that's one of the only pros that I can see about this is that like it's more like what the student actually wants and it's like being represented you know for the people by the people essentially um instead of for the people from the people uh other than that there's really not a lot of good that could come out of this, you know, because that's whole, there's, there's so much, there's a lot of cons that go into this, so, one of my biggest ones is obviously, like, the whole, that kids, 
16 and 17 year olds are still kids and they're still you know young and like they don't know better stuff like that and their brains are still developing and, like don't get me wrong obviously you know I was 16 17 and I thought I fucking knew how the world ran and stuff but like every day I go to class and I learn something new and I realize like I really didn't know half of what I actually thought I knew like everything is so different and like so much more um yeah just like different and wild than what I had thought or imagined so you know that's like one of my biggest concerns is that like you can give these kids the options to vote but expecting them to be able to like know for a fact that they're making the right choice is like a lot of responsibility to put on a kid and you gotta remember kids especially nowadays like in high school and shit are have like some like the highest stress levels that we've seen since like the 1960s like they have like the same level of stress as like as insane asylum patients from like 1958 or something like that um you know because they go they wake up at like 6 a.m every day 5 a.m in like our case uh and they go to school for eight hours sometimes even nine or ten if they have extracurricular activities and then again they spend extra hours of their day doing extracurricular activities but they still have like an hour to two hours of homework every night plus you know and like on top of all of that they still have like family life and uh, social life and like relationship life and all this other stuff that they have going on but they're still also expected to get at least eight hours like six to eight hours of sleep every night and so yeah kids are overwhelmed and super stressed so you know if you're gonna let people vote and stuff like that you obviously want them to be educated on the topics that they're voting on so you'd either have to like dedicate a whole new class to these topics that come up every year so that, like, the kids who are planning to vote know exactly what's going on. But then the problem with that is that, like, you could have, like, a teacher who's biased and be like, oh, yeah, this is uh, the thing, but you obviously want to vote for this because I'm liberal and I said so, and you want the liberal vote. But it's like, what are you going to do for, like, the conservatives in that class who maybe want to vote the other way? You know, and, like, vice versa, where it's like you have a conservative teacher where it's like, oh, you have to vote this way because I told you to, where it's like you have, like, a liberal kid who's like, oh, but what if I believe this? And, yeah, that's just, like, you're taking away from the district, like, the chance for these kids to be out learning other uh, important things and stuff. And also, that's, like, a whole nother, like, classroom and, like, teacher that the district has to, like, pay for and, like, manage and stuff and, like, all the learning materials that go in with that. And there's just a whole lot of hectic and hassle that comes with lowering the voting age to 16 like I said so like you want your kids to be educated and obviously like you don't have to force that with a classroom but if you don't have educated voters then you're gonna have some really really dumb votes and decisions being made and like within a couple of years the district can completely fall apart because of these votes and also one of the other dumb things that I was reading in that is like how like I said you can vote for things not in your district so it's like, obviously I'd be voting for D11 because that's the district that I go to. And that's like the district that I've been in. So like, I would vote like, oh yeah, we deserve more funding for these programs and stuff. And like, I'd try to like help out my school as much as I could. And But that's just, you know, because they deserve it some days. But the fact that I could go and vote for <laughs> what happens over at like 
Cheyenne Mountains district or like up north with like Palmer Ridge and stuff like that and like D20 and D13 and stuff like that it's like that's fucking dumb like imagine being in D20 and being like yes maybe we'll get the vote for more funding this year but then you hear that like all the kids from D11 voted to not give you guys extra funding <laughs> and you just get fucked over and you're just like what the hell like and you could say that for like any district you know uh it's it's rough and so there's a lot of that's like some of my current opinions on it is that you know kids brains are still developing and like they have other things to be concerned about that don't like involve like voting and stuff like that and like the kids that are pushing for this the ones who are like oh we already know like what's best for us and blah 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 and it's like no that's why you have parents that's why the law doesn't consider you an adult until you're at least 18 that's why certain like the law will not let you purchase cigarettes until you're at least 18 some stores even don't do it until you're 21 they will id you up until you're 21 some law or the law will not allow you to buy alcohol until you are 21 legally the law will not allow you to purchase handguns until you are 21. The law will not allow you to buy rifles until you are 18. Legally an adult. You know why? Because they see 18 as like the age of maturity and like age of consent. And they believe that when a person hits 18, they should be just about at that ripe perfect age of maturity where they are able to start making decisions for themselves that's the legal adult age at least for america it is obviously it's different all all around the world based on culture and stuff but here in america it's always been 18 18 and 21 those are like your two big adulthood numbers other than that you just kind of get old (laughs) so the fact that like and obviously like i said this isn't for voting for everything but this is voting for school district stuff anyway, and that's still quite a bit of voting and stuff that could go on. Like, we vote, but, like, that's for, like, who we want student body president to be. And even then, most of, like, you could go around the school and ask, be like, hey, do you know who the candidates are? And, like, are you sure you at least 60% of the school might say, I have no fucking clue who either of these people are. Or, like, they'll have, like, a vague idea of who either of the candidates are. Whereas, like... You know, you'll have, like, that every now and then where it's, like, it's the person's best friend. But, like, yeah. And so it's, like, if they don't even know who's running for student elections and stuff like that, how are they supposed to know what's actually going on with important, like, district level, like, entire district, not just their school, voting? So, yeah. Do you have anything, do you have any thoughts on that? (laughs) Yeah. I think it's that cross district voting is so whack like some dude who doesn't even know our situation is gonna be like able to determine like you know some majority of course it's not a single person being able to overrule uh, a choice but like you know I'm gonna have a whole group of people from like the other side of the state being able to determine what like the district I go to is, is gonna do and that's like super whack it's like Mind your own business, worry about what you guys are doing, and then, like, so will we. And, um, and I don't think, you know, they should be allowed to vote, of course, because, you know, kids are dumb. Uh, like, 
like same here when I was like 16, 17 mm-hmm. and all that like I was like yeah I can I know what's up but like for the most part and not so much and um and it's like I think it should be more of a like every district does this where it's like, when the the school election times are coming up for new things for the district that it should be a, like more of like a unit where it's like hey this is what's going on we should have like it's more of like a change my mind discussion of like why uh the adults of the district should vote for this mm-hmm. and and maybe like have like uh an essay like it doesn't have to be a certain length just just a good written statement of like that the teachers or, or people uh higher ups would go over to why students and it could even go to like the voters or people and like council or whoever like determines this stuff as to like why students want this and then like they could at least consider stuff rather than an actual full-on mm-hmm. oh yeah i'm just gonna vote for this right one of the hardest parts about the voting process is that like most people especially people who are like reading your votes and stuff don't actually know the motivations behind the vote they don't fucking care they just want to know what you voted right did you vote pro or did you vote against you know? exactly but i totally think yeah like if uh teachers were able to like report back some of that data where it's like oh well a lot of the students think this way because this would fuck over the district completely if we did this, blah, blah, blah. Like, that would probably make a difference in, like, the laws and bills that they are trying to pass, you know? I just think students should have more of a say because it is their everyday life it's affecting while their everyday school life. And, uh, yeah, they shouldn't exactly, you know, be yeah. able to vote, but should get... Exactly. Hurt. They should have a say, but they shouldn't... Yeah, they shouldn't have, like control over what the outcome is necessarily like voting wise i mean and maybe that's just part of like the whole like old person in me where it's like i waited till i was of age to be able to do shit like i had to wait a whole 18 years on this fucking planet so i could go across the store and buy cigarettes but you know like now these kids are out here pushing for like to be uh voters at 16 and stuff and i think kind of going back to like episode two is like it's part of that whole like pc culture where it's like that everybody gets a trophy equal rights blah 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 and it's like people don't realize that like there are certain things in life that like it's better to just wait for them to happen than to like force them to happen when you want it to happen you know because that's like how a lot of uh i guess like even back in like ancient history times like dating back to like caesar and napoleon and stuff like that that's like them making impulse choices to like invade countries and stuff is what causes downfalls of like the holy roman empire and like the french empire and stuff like napoleon got fucking banished because he was like hey let's invade winter and everyone's like bro it's or let's invade russia and everyone <laughs> everyone let's invade winter wait it's uh, russia uh, <laughs> but everyone <laughs> he's like hey let's invade russia and everyone's like wait hold up napoleon that's not a good idea they're like a fucking superpower compared to us he's like no we're gonna do it anyway and then like he did it and he got banished and the french empire dissolved and it's like i'm not saying obviously like the school district is gonna dissolve because of that but like that's kind of that same thing where it's like if i'm 18 right now and i go and decide to get married like yeah i might be happy with that decision i might be like hell yeah i'm married and like i have a family and stuff but like what is that gonna do for me like financially and like how like how is that really gonna like affect my future and like the choices that i'm gonna have to make in the future you know and it's stuff like that so it's like just 
wait till you're of age to vote. You know, wait till you're of age to buy cigarettes, to buy alcohol, to buy guns, to fucking go to nightclubs, to fucking just wait, you know? It's just so much easier and less stressful. You don't have to worry about as much. Exactly. Like, worry about what Saturday morning cartoons are playing and not what what bills you're voting on on Saturday. <laughs> and yeah, like, we're not like some six-year-olds saying that 16-year-olds are equivalent to six-year-olds, but it's still that same, like, you know, you should still chill out when it comes to, like, mainstream politics for the most part. Because, again, I think, you know, uh, their voices should be heard, of course, but, like, they shouldn't have an absolute say. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and it also, like, even that whole, like, argument where it's, like, just wait, like, we'll, we'll go more in-depth about that when we do, like, our drug unit, like, where we talk about, like, drugs and stuff like that. But, yeah, it's just, like, I understand wanting to be able to vote, because, you know, like, your voice matters and blah, blah, blah. But if you really think your voice matters, say something. Like, just go to, like, rallies and stuff and, like, actually, like, be part of the crowds that are like, hey, we think uh, these people are fucking up and, like, don't sit there and whine in class and be like, oh, we should be allowed to vote on this. No, go and make a difference. Like, obviously voting is one of, like, the top ways to make a difference because you can change the laws and stuff with voting. But there's other ways to make a difference. There's other ways to make an impact in your community that don't involve whining and fighting to constantly get your way. And again, that's part of, like, the whole PC culture. It's, like, kids are, like, so spoiled to a point where it's, like, they don't understand what the word no means, you know, where it's, like, hey, let me get some of your ice cream. And it's, like, uh, no, this is my ice cream. It's, like, what do you mean it's your ice cream? Let me have some. Like, I deserve some. It's, like, why do you deserve some? I fucking bought it. And, like, yeah, but I deserve it. And it's, like, go get your own then, you know? Like, <laughs> that's that's what I did. I, you deserve it so much, why don't you have any? Exactly, yeah. I, I walked my my happy ass over to the ice cream shop, <laughs> and I paid, like, $1.87 for this ice cream. You could do the same thing. And that's, like, the whole thing with, like, waiting till you're the age to vote. I waited a whole damn 18 years on this planet to be able to vote and do whatever the hell I want as a legal adult. Why can't you? Yeah, it's like the whole older sibling thing. It's like, wait a minute, uh, mom and dad waited for me to be 10 to do this, but they're letting you do this at six? That's retarded, yeah. but, um... And it's kind of like a reverse entitlement thing, I guess, because, you know, it's like, it's entitlement to, like, ask, like, oh, we deserve to vote at 18, but it's also entitlement to be like, oh, well, I'm 18, so you have to wait till you're 18, too. But, like... <laughs> There's certain things where it's like, again, the law, Yeah. <laughs> where it's like, why would you fight the law? And again, like, if you want to be heard, say something. Don't just complain about it and, and sit in your corner and cry. And, and don't yell about it either. Don't cry about it publicly. Like, no one likes a mob. The reason I hate all these, like, movements and, and rallies is because there's so... What is walking around in a big group going to do for your problem? Actually do something about it. Don't... Yeah just like scream with a sign in your hand like and i think part of that also is that like people don't understand that they don't have to be part of like huge mobs and crowds to start making a difference like it starts small you know start making messages about it on social media start posting posters around your school and just talking to people about it and eventually you'll get larger groups who are sharing your message and eventually it's like the butterfly effect and the butterfly effect states um, the flap of a butterfly's wing today could cause an earth or a tsunami in Japan tomorrow. And it's essentially that where it's like, 
even like with us making real facts, bro facts, we it's just a podcast. But the fact that we started posting about it on social media and stuff to let people know, we got this sudden wave of people listening and coming in and giving us uh, ideas and opinions on some of the stuff that we talk about. And so that's one of those things where it's it's better to wait and start small instead of immediately going for the biggest thing you can kill. You know, it's like the old saying, how do you, how do you uh, eat an elephant one bite at a time? Well, how do you get voting rights one step at a time? Not going directly to the top of the board being like, we deserve voting rights. It starts with you know, like, maybe making comments about it and, like, arguments about it in your class where it's like, oh, I think kids should be able to vote and blah, blah, blah. And eventually that builds up and teachers are talking about it with other teachers and that's getting to the principal and principals are talking with other principals and district leaders. And eventually it's getting to the board and it'll all circle back so that the board starts kind of interacting with the students and asking, like, all right, well, what do you guys think about these policies that we want to implement? And it's not necessarily, like, an official vote, because, again, that's a lot of, like, paperwork and government involvement and people that want to just be like, hey, stop screwing our district. And it would just be better for, like, school boards to be able to just talk kind of, like, directly to the students and be like, hey, what do you guys think about certain policies that we should implement? And, like, how can we make the schools better, you know? And it's it's the small stuff like that. And it's really this whole patience thing. Like, like you said, too, people... Today's kids and stuff are... They have no patience. Yeah, they're so fast-acting. They don't know what no means. They don't understand that. You need to wait for things. And, like, that goes with anything, of course, and patience is a virtue, and it's like... I find myself telling kids, especially, like, my younger friends and stuff, like, patience, young one, like, a lot, you know, because they're always like, oh, let's go and do this thing right now, and, like, you just got this idea. We're going to act on it, and it's like, patience, kid, you know, with time everything will work out it's like any company or band or they didn't just start off mainstream right away Mm -hmm. they they started they had a rough start they're getting the word out there and they finally made it big yeah and it's like if when it comes to like whosoever's political ideas or whatever you have the world at your hands like you have twitter you have instagram you have social media that anybody can see and like i mean uh, like i get it it sucks wait waiting sucks life sucks but that's why it's life yeah you know you can't have happiness without sadness. And when you wait, sometimes you even forget about it in a way. Like, like if there's a movie, like when I was younger, even now, like there'd be a movie like, ooh, I can't wait to see that, it looks so great. Oh, two years? No way, I'm never going to be able to see this movie, it's forever. But then you forget about it because you wait and then, or even if you don't forget about it, you're still eating it, but you still have this patience. Like that time flies. Time flies so fast nowadays, like... Like, There's so much stuff that you could do in the modern world to distract yourself. Like the, so many hobbies and stuff. The days might feel super short, but the weeks are so fast. Like, like today it could seem like it took forever, but then it gets to like Saturday, and you're like, "Whoa, it's already Saturday!" Mm-hmm. And then Sunday happens, and you're like, "It's already Monday. I got to start the next week again." And that day feels forever, but then the next thing you know, the week's already over again. Yeah. Um. So basically, that's our opinions on why we shouldn't lower the voting age and stuff like that so thank you for turning into real facts bro facts we know this was a really long episode but we just had a lot of extra time and a lot of stuff to say about some of these things and uh so we hope you enjoyed um we'll leave our social media links in the description uh our twitters and instagrams snapchat so you can uh 
text us with your opinions uh, on some of the stuff we talked about. You can suggest uh, new topics for us to talk about on later episodes, or just give us general feedback. We always appreciate hearing what we can do better and what you guys really liked and stuff like that. So anyway, I'm Brandon. I'm Isaac. And this is Real Facts. Bro Facts.